and welcome to Weekly Open. I'm Ledger. We got Don and Cred on the way. Let me tell you about our partners over at FTX. Go to weeklyopen.com slash FTX where you can trade today. It's easy, directly from one asset to the other. If you're ready to dollar cost average, we'll find out if that's what we're supposed to do here on this episode. Thanks to them for being our partners. Weeklyopen.com slash FTX, track your portfolio. You can even trade stocks there if you're sick of crypto. You can do it all on FTX. Again, thanks to them. Craig, Don, how you doing? Don, you're first on the left side. How's it going? Very good. How are you? I am doing very well, thank you. Other than uh, I have COVID, but it's like a cold. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just about to say, like, you sound sick. <laughs> In the conspiracy theorist sense, it's just how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how can you have what's not real, right? That's right. Um, but anyway, Don, how's it going? Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's good. I bought a bunch of stupid shit and then I bought some more of it. So, yeah, that's that's good. And then also bought the bottom of Bitcoin and ETH, but I also bought quite a bit higher. So, like that cancels out a little bit at least. So, I've been I've been busy actually. Last last week's been a lot of trading, a lot of buying. Um, so, yeah, doing good. A clear sign that you are back from vacation. Yeah. Uh, Cred, how about yourself? I think there's a golden law of the universe where all three of us are not allowed to be active in the markets at the same time. So I've taken over the mantle from Don uh, and I'm just chilling and I'm going to New York for the NFT NYC thing and just hang out with friends tomorrow. Uh, and I'm still very passive. Only the difference is when Don's on holiday, it's because conditions are terrible and you shouldn't be trading and he's just enjoying life. But I'm on holiday, it's because I'm missing the bottom. So slight distinction there. And when I'm on holiday, I'm long going into it, and then it goes down terribly. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don, I can't, I can't tell you how happy it makes me to see a green box and it's under the price that you show. Uh, mm -hmm. Give us where, where are we in the market? Obviously, a place to punt. You took, you took the long, so. Yeah. So I mean, we we hit basically the the 2017 high, right? Uh, and undercut it a little bit, ran into into weekly support. Um, I I've been saying like I don't really like the 20k thing too much, but given how we got there, uh, I actually don't mind it too much because this is like a very <laughs> yeah very rapidly very capitulatory move. Um, people don't really realize, and this is something that happens all the time, right? Uh, where prices go down, and then people are like just wait for the capitulation, wait for the capitulation, and then you get a candle like this. That just takes you down almost 40% in one week, right? But given that the price is not that, like you look at 26K, right? And then you look at 17 and you're like, oh, it's just like an 8K difference. Um, so it's not capitulation because it's not like a $15,000 move or whatever. Not realizing that if this thing goes down 15K, we're actually like near zero, right? And there's something that happens all the time. Like people people always kind of tend to think, okay, capitulation isn't in because the move isn't big enough. The thing is, if price gets so low, um, there's actually no way for price to move much, much um, further without just completely collapsing, which is obviously possible, right? I'm not saying that that's just an impossibility, but I'm just saying. Uh, Don single-handedly refuting the down 90% can still go down 90% more. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. 10% leave. 
Oh, I, I had that discussion in 2018. I posted a tweet um, saying like uh, the downside is limited on, on an altcoin buy that I did because I had like a stop loss. And I think it was Eric Wallen. I mean, he rightfully called my wording out and just completely went on a tear being like, hey, this is the most stupid thing I've ever heard. Like stuff can go down 90% after going down 90%, blah, blah, blah. So I'm never going to get back into that discussion. Um, but <laughs> I think I'm, you're framing it to the range, right? Like, cause you're, yes. you're also limiting your risk. You're not all in, you're in based on the range itself more so than your, your hundred percent net worth. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not going to go back to the Dijon days, like 2017, 2018. I was like, I have to like risk everything to make the most of this opportunity. And that played out like very well for me. Um, I'm not going to do that again, right? I don't need to risk everything uh, to be very happy with gains I make. So that's not something I'm going to do in general. And then obviously um, with buying, less, there is like an invalidation. I don't necessarily mind having, like I bought a bunch, right? And I honestly got to say like at 17K Bitcoin, I don't mind holding this for longer term, right? I don't mind holding this for five years. Uh, it's not the, like, it's obviously not 14K and 14K does seem a little bit more attractive for a long-term buy. But the difference between 17K and 14K is so minuscule if you look ahead five years uh, that I don't really care too much. So even if this goes to shit, I don't actually mind too much holding everything um, because, I mean, I'm in crypto because I'm like, I think there's upside to be had. Uh, and if that bet goes wrong, it goes wrong, right? But I don't really understand why people are freaking the fuck out because I'm buying like previous all-time high or below it. Uh, I, I don't see why why that's such a big issue. Craig, what do you think about the potential bottom from a narrative perspective and like, or, or levels, whatever, like, was it capitulatory enough? Have we seen enough in terms of contagion and capitulation? people forced out of the market. I mean, the market has been pretty ruthless, but yeah, I mean, what's your, what's your take here, Dindam? Yeah, I think ultimately macro will set the bottom more than anything else. Or when macro comes close to a bottom, that's when you might have to consider like long, long term, that was it. And we can start maybe even trending up now. As far as local crypto bottoms go, I mean, intuitively and narratively and just based on observation, um, it certainly aligns. Um, as far as setups and technicals go, I personally can't make uh, the same statement. Uh, and it's for a rather straightforward reason, which is that I can I can even screen share this quickly, I think. Uh, where is my Chrome tab? Oh, not that one. Okay, there we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, that's for the premium subscribers. Um, so this is like the 200-week moving average meme. And I've had, as someone who trades almost exclusively levels, a lot of flack for including this on my chart or whatever else. But like at the end of the day, the market is just positioning, right? And if the market is going to position based on something like this, and it's very much in the public zeitgeist and the public consciousness, then I want to have an idea of what those, what the health of those positions is like. You know, Are they underwater? What are they expecting? Is price aligning with what they wanted to happen at the level? All of that type of stuff. Um, and you can see that in previous bottoms, right, this, and you've had quite tall wicks of the downside and some kind of stickiness at the level in the past, uh, but it's kind of been where the, bear, where the apex of bear market selling has kind of slowed down or stopped, right? So on the 6K break, that's what that's kind of the your 3K level where the selling stopped and that was some acceleration preceding it. On the code crash, which is like, you know, insanely leverage driven as well and just 
macro, about as a global liquidity crunch as you're going to get. That was still, despite like a pretty steep discount, it was still the stabilizing-ish structure as far as it went. So understandably, especially when everything is breaking in crypto, um, market participants will look at memes or lines in the sand or historical levels. I think if anything, when all your models go out the window, it's one of the best times to look at rather straightforward, easily uh, comprehend, you know, easily intelligible kind of technical indicators and stuff like that. Um, if we look at the most recent weekly close, uh, it did close below that 200-week moving average. And I mean, you could say this, it closed on top of it or whatever else. You know, there was a wick and all that type of stuff. But it's not obviously support for the time being, right? Um, if we go back to my first premise, which is that the market is just positioning, um, this is still, technically speaking, a break of support. Uh, and you may get more selling interest accrue as a result. Now, I'm not interested in selling or shorting these prices. I just... I don't find it attractive. And just in general, I don't want to short. I'd rather look for the best long opportunity and devote all my time and efforts for that. And accordingly, this kind of leads me in one of two places, right? If this is some type of failed breakdown, um, then we could reasonably expect the next week or so to just reclaim this or close above it. And for all of the price action we're seeing now uh, to be seen as the weekend selling low liquidity capitulation, excess, and so on. And then you mean revert for, you know, having reclaimed the 200 week, everyone who sold below it feels absolutely awful. You know, they look back on this price and, oh my God, sub 1K, sub 20K BTC. I can't believe I sold it, yada, yada. And that's kind of the first mean reversion trade that the market will have offered in months, literally months. I mean, look at this weekly chart. It's an abomination, right? There's right. been no, just, just absolutely nothing. The closest you got to a bounce was actually the bearish retest of support turned resistance before the turbo nuke. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful, right? Um, so I'm definitely on the lookout for those types of opportunities. And yeah, you had like a lot of selling on the weekend is never like a good sign, especially with size, which is what we had. No one really wants to sell on a weekend, especially with a ton of size, unless they have to, right? And for the benefit of the audience, the basic premise there is weekends tend to be low liquidity periods. If you're selling and you need to sell urgently, you still want like the best price possible for it. If you're trying to do that with size on a weekend where liquidity is lower, your market orders or your aggressive selling will have a larger market impact, i.e. displace the price more. And that gives you a worse average price as well. So if you can avoid it, um, you try not to sell with huge size on weekends or even just in kind of constrained time windows. But that's kind of exactly what we had, right? And, and that kind of suggests some urgency uh, or kind of, you know, that wasn't someone's first choice uh, to sell those types of assets. So TLDR, I guess narratively, there's definitely some stuff that's aligning for it to at least be a local bottom. I still think macro sets more or less the macro bottom. Uh, and as far as triggers and signals for that gut idea go, uh, at the very least, I'd need it to trade through or reclaim the 200-week moving average. So I have a setup to trade my actual gut feeling slash narrative because so far staying out of the market when when it hasn't given me setups has treated me very well right there was no 45 47 mid-range failed breakout reclaim i stayed out on the breakdown of support i was e very eager in fact along the reclaim of the range low as a failed breakout didn't happen and then this 200 week type of structure I i'm happy for the market to come to me on those terms and if it doesn't then we all just take our existential panic oh my god is the industry dead longs at you know 14 13 12 zero uh whatever those prices may be sorry that was a bit verbose but um but th that's what i think about the big picture no that's good the chat had excellent commentary like uh is cred whistling uh, which is a clear sign, Adrian, that you do need to go outside and touch grass because of the birds in the background. For <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. No, it's fine. I, I think it's delightful. Um, I, I think 
everything that both of y'all y'all said makes sense. Um, the 200 week reclaim, uh, you got me to go look back, uh, because, you know, we've talked about the deep retracement below the 200 week several times, but then it's like, <laughs> it still worked, uh, uh, you know, mostly in like the weekly closing basis. So the March, uh, 2020 drop, it, it was kind of two dailies. I remember, um, it was a Thursday night for the first like huge wick down, but then we did make a lower low on Friday. Um, but essentially set the equivalent of the panic low that we had. What was it like yesterday? I think it was yesterday. I honestly can't remember. Um, on a, on a Friday, like fairly early. Um, I think it was still Thursday night, but like in the new daily. Um, and the reason I bring that up is because you had like 48 to 70, 48 hours plus or so to uh, repair the weekly a bit, kind of get it back to that 200 week. We just didn't have near as much time to fix the weekly, if you will, from the like force selling to the recovery. And I'm just, uh, I'm coping a bit about the 200 week perhaps, but I think that's a, a component of it is like, when does it close and how long does it spin there? To your point, Cred, about being bullish on recovering it, I do think like if it if it recovers it quickly, like say we thrust back well above it, close the weekly above it, it still has the same impact, right? Like you're in the area of interest now, and then can it sustain this like long term macro trend in the future? Then that's good. Um, but you, you, it's hard to take these as a hard and fast like yes, by this exact level because we really don't have that degree of precision historically like even if you go back to 2014 and 2015 wick blow it twice then too even though you could say like it, it did work in terms of your forever trend metric and we're in that same place again like if this ends weekly uh the weekly here you can point to whether it's previous all-time high 200 week moving average whatever that it was an effective tool it doesn't make it doesn't mean it's like to the dollar if it goes below that then it's broken um anyway i just as a point of clarification, because I've had a lot of people ask me and they were asking me like, as it was hitting, like, are is this where you're buying? Is this where you're buying? And I'm, you know, one, I was already still in. <laughs> <laughs> and two, like, that's not necessarily uh, the signal to do so even on a trend perspective, like the reclaim um, is just as strong of a signal, which you put eloquently, more eloquently than I tried to rephrase. Yeah. Also, Don, I think the birds are in your background. Just, just, just while the chat is still asking, it's, it's no, not no. mine. That's for sure. There's no way there's in mine. Because I've been muted this whole time. Anyway, technical point doesn't matter. Oh. the birds are in the chat. The birds are. Uh, in where the chat. where yeah. are they coming from? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm appreciative of the birds. Thank you, birds. Um, well, what about from a fundamental perspective? You you put like some really nice cold water on my question of. Could it be the bottom when you mentioned the macro there, Cred? Um, I, there is a big part of me. Like people think that, you know, legacy tops are just as rapid as crypto ones can be. And um, while I think if you look at kind of where we are from a legacy perspective, it doesn't necessarily look like a bottom, but it doesn't mean it can, it doesn't, it can similarly be a local bottom, the same as crypto. Like it can take quite a while to top a, a large multi-trillion dollar market um like the u.s stock market so i think that if we we are probably tied to whatever happens in the regular market tomorrow but we're not seeing much interesting happening in terms of uh 
futures or anything. If anything, it's kind of in our favor, you know? Um, so it, I guess if we see some degree of complacency or like a lack of serious pressure on legacy markets, do y'all think that that likely signals we've hit a, a medium term bottom in crypto? Don, Don, you were shilling monthly support on the S&P. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, with regards to the S&P, honestly, I, I think it's, it looks decent. I think this like this is a support like if it wasn't so like fundamentally driven I mean this is the support that you buy I think like it's the first monthly support that we've hit um you hit it you buy it you pray to god that it holds and I mean if it doesn't hit I mean we're gonna do something uh, if it doesn't hold we're gonna do something like this um maybe we bought some there who knows for like an intermediate kind of play but in general like I'm I'm just a the, the 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 support buyer here right I, month, I don't mind buying support yeah that monthly candle too within it has like four or five significant daily gap down sell all day type of moves in it with no retrace and i just feel like backfilling some of that would make a whole bunch of sense yeah i mean i'm i'm in general like i f i feel like people are getting a little bit ahead of themselves especially in crypto right like in in the traditional markets i get it this thing is down like not that much in comparison, right? I mean, it's down 24, 25%. That doesn't seem too bad. But in crypto, right? Crypto completely imploded over the last few weeks. Um, and people like just want more and they want more. And the more they get, they want more, right? Like I've seen these like popular bears. Um, there's like one on Twitter that gets like 10,000 likes on everything he posts. And he had like targets of 20, I think 21 or something K, uh, 21 K hit. And he was like, this is still bearish. It's going to go lower. And then it hit like 19 K. He posted again. Yeah, my target was like 21 K. Then it was 19 K. But now I'm moving it lower because it's too bearish. And then at 17 K, uh, he moved his target to like, I think like 14 K or something. That's what bears do, right? Um, and I mean, I know why, because it's so comfortable, right? You're not in positions... You're just looking at the market and you're like, oh, I mean, I can I can buy more if it goes to 14K. I can buy more if it goes to $1, right? But I mean, is it really going to $1 just because you can buy more? I don't think so, right? And that's kind of like the mindset that people have during crashes. It's like people don't want to see the crash coming before it does. And once it does come, right, uh, and they've taken their loss at whatever uh oftentimes relatively near like let's say 25 26k here um and then they get euphoric thinking okay i lost like i lost like 50 percent of my money on the way down or like 60 and if this thing goes down another 80 percent, i can buy much more bitcoin uh and then if it recovers i can make it back right but i mean at some point if you keep lowering your targets you're gonna lose like you're not gonna hit the bottom and then you're going to be coping the entire way up. If you're not a trader, like, I mean, Cred, for example, has like an, an entry signal. Which Yo, I'm just getting blown up here. If you're not a trader like Cred, <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up. No, <laughs> because no, no, the chat no, no. was saying the same thing, just like a super quick tangent. It's like, does Cred ever take a position? It's like, yes, if I think the number is going to go up and not make my life miserable in the process, or if it gets like super mega giga cheap, right? And I also yeah. just have like a handful of setups that I trade. And in general, those setups make money. And I know that if I'm trading outside of those setups, I'm probably not going to make money. 
and that, 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 that's kind of it. Yeah. It's not like super complicated. Right. Like yeah. I de-risked all my shit on the 60k range low, you know, range high failed breakout, and then I was looking for reasons to buy the entire way down, and I just wasn't getting them. And I'm I'm close. You know, I outlined what would make me pull the trigger, and those tend to be like very high conviction type of positions. But I've had a pretty good 2022, just kind of chilling on holiday, traveling, seeing my friends. It doesn't feel absolutely terrible not being <clears throat> a super active participant you know so yeah, I, I will happily no, trade the shit out this thing but i have like slightly tighter rules than most people uh, of engagement and i'm more than happy to wait for those because yeah. by definition if i'm not trading my system i'm i'm gambling right yeah i mean you know how i meant it i wasn't <laughs> that was yeah, yeah of course I, I just wanted to get that bit out as well yeah the chat is being i mean it's, it's a reasonable question it's like oh you're always waiting for something it's like yeah dude i'm annoyed about it as well you know like i'd rather I'm... be in this in this stuff the thing is, right, the shit is down 75%. If you're getting roasted for not being in position, I mean, the guy that is roasting you is an idiot because you can buy, like, I mean, even in the in the hypothetical, which, I mean, we did both kind of do, which was like de-risk below 60K, right? This shit is down 70%, right? So if anyone in the chat is sitting here backseat trading like an idiot saying that you should be in a position of some sort, I mean, this shit is like, I mean, crypto almost went to zero, right? Again. Uh, so <laughs> blaming someone for not being in position, it's kind of a stupid thing to do, I think. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say that. Um, now the difference in how y'all are looking at the same trade though, because Don, you basically just caught the super bottom wick on a knife catch, but yes. was watching and, and took the trade with peak momentum and um, credits sitting there with full buying power waiting for like the level rec reclaim from a trend perspective to get the high confirmation uh yeah, high by definition i'll pay up for confirmation yeah. right i get more probability and a worse price don gets less probability and a much better price it's rather standard yeah. i'd like to think at least yeah and i mean if you look at the prices right so like i i got involved in this before right it's not like i only bought the peak of bottom right i bought this shit i like i, I my brother's birthday was on, on the weekend i was busy celebrating it um and then i basically went to bed uh, my entire family was at my place so i went to bed uh, looked at the prices before i went to sleep was like what the fuck are these people doing right because the thing is and how this all works oftentimes when you have sell-offs that get really really aggressive when they kind of get into the weekend um that's usually the bottom wick just because um like cred told you guys earlier uh, liquidity is low on the weekend, right? So if you sell it too low on the weekend, there's almost a guarantee that it's going to snap back on Monday, um, if not before, right? So I was just, I looked at prices, I was like, holy shit, these people are complete and utter idiots selling at 17.7K. Um, I'm just going to buy it more. Uh, I already had bought 22K, so I was underwater at that point by quite a bit. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I've been talking about me buying spot only, so I wasn't really too bothered by it because it was pretty clear that we were going to retest 20K again. This is just how crypto works in general, or like Bitcoin works. Uh, you get these breakdowns, you're going to retest 20K. So even, even if I was like completely uh, convinced that this was going to go lower, I was pretty reasonably certain that I would be able to sell 20K, right? So it broke down. I bought a bunch more. It obviously went up. Um, which is really nice because now I have like, I'm actually above water, <laughs> um, but it's, that's where you see like the difference in, in approach, right? I had to sit through quite big drawdown uh, to kind of buy back up and now, now I'm in profit. 
uh, Cred doesn't have to go through that stress, uh, and he's just going to be able to buy once this gets confirmed. And I think the confirmation that he talks about is actually a really good one. I think if we go above 22K, there's a good chance that we're going to just immediately go to 28. Um, now, while we're trading below 22K, which is my first entry, um, I think there's still a chance that this just falls over. Um, I think the chance is very small. Uh, but I think there's there's decent chance. So I totally get when like people talk about like staying out. I don't really get it when people talk about shorting when the shit's down seventy percent and just put in like a capitulation. Um, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, if we go back above twenty two k, I think we're gonna get momentum kick in. Shorts gonna get squeezed and people are going to try to short on the way up. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna go up beyond that point uh, if we put in that short squeeze. Um, but I'm reasonably certain that if we go back above 22K, we're going to go to 28, maybe maybe even to weekly resistance. Um, let me remove these. Because at that point, I think we could actually put in a new range here and continue the fucking agony that we had in here. Basically <laughs> do the same thing again. Um, and uh, people are going to lose their shit. And that's just how it is. I'm not calling for the end of the bear market. I'm not saying we are not going to 14K. Um, because I don't know, and I could see it go to 14K. What I am saying and what I'm positioned for is we're not going to 14K now. Uh, I think it's much, much more likely we're going to 28K uh, than 14K at this point. I think we've had the like near-term capitulation. I think that can take us to higher levels to just kind of like squeeze the shorts that, uh, or like squeeze the bears that have get, gotten fat and have gotten complacent, um, just shorting randomly and haven't gotten rewarded for it. Um, obviously, could be wrong on that front. I don't really mind. Um, and I mean, Bitcoin is my only position. Bitcoin is actually not my biggest position. Um, I've actually bought more altcoins uh, than than Bitcoin, which Dumb I don't know. alt returns. That's <laughs> yeah. Before we get to the alt landscape, um, in terms of just another thing from a sentiment perspective, kind of where we were, can we just talk about the absolute, if if it holds, the luckiest person in crypto, uh, which was the um, Ethereum leverage position that did not get liquidated because the link Oracle was too slow to execute it. <laughs> did y'all see that? So like you've upset all the link Marines now, Ledger. The comments are going to be so predictable. Oh uh, yeah, I can. I can. I think I, I I read somewhere that it wasn't actually like. It, too slow or whatever it was just like uh, a matter of price didn't move what are I, like, like I, it's supposed I, it's it supposed was, to kind of update when price moves bigger than a certain percentage and that didn't happen okay whatever okay link worked perfectly <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you we've rescued the comment section that's good here we go so roughly the estimated liquidation was 895 and he spends like 12 seconds uh, below that, you know, $875, maybe it was 15 minutes, who cares, whatever was is within the boundaries of normal operation for Link. Um, and this person makes no changes, does not get liquidated. Are they lack of awareness, lack of control? Don't know which, but, you know, the whole market was screaming like they must be liquidated before we go up. Well, so they don't get liquidated at all. Now we're at 1125. Is this just like this person that has no control to repair their position and they will get liquidated later? Or are they the luckiest person of all time and saves their 120,000 or whatever, <laughs> like ETH position 
it's unbelievable. I mean, I for sure was like, all right, the bottom is going to be some turbo nuke of this position and it's going to be 700s. Like that's to your point, Don, about like, this is where I'll buy. I was like, surely this person is going to get liquidated. I watched my friends like shorting sub $1,000 ETH basically because they're like, no way, no way. It's going back there. It's going back there. It's going to get that guy. Didn't get that guy. Is this the luckiest person of all time? Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I think there's like a, almost like a sampling error because for every one person like that that survives by a dickhead, there are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of others who just completely blew up on the way down, right? So it's like, by definition, an outlier case. But I also think it more broadly speaks to Don's point, uh, where on the way up, you start coming up with new prices that have to be hit because price has gone up so much. And on the way down, you start coming up with new prices that have to be hit because price has gone down so much. And as the old cliche goes, that's the reason you make a plan because you'll never ever be able to account for all the variables that will be in play when price reaches the prices where you want to trade, especially if they're a higher time frame. So you kind of just got to take it what it is and assess the signals uh, when you get them, as opposed to coming up with new ones. You know, if you plan for this months ago and then you get like a one day or intraday new thing that pops up, like that new thing better be really damn compelling for you to change the plan that you made months ago, because otherwise you're fooling yourself at that point. That's a great point because, I mean, I don't know what the numbers were, but let's say like, all right, well, Celsius is getting carried out at 26K and then, ooh, 3AC is getting liquidated and forcing the price from 24 to 20K. And then now this guy, you know, getting liquidated at 895 and then that takes it to 700. We find somebody else new. Like there's all <laughs> right. That's how cascades work by definition, right? The only exception was the BitMEX one where it's like, if this doesn't switch off, we go to zero, switch it off. So this, <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah that, that's the real one. Uh, it's good though, because like the panel structure uh, in that on that note ends up being quite entertaining because you have Don being criticized for being too early. I get criticized for being too late and too lazy and ledger is just right you know as per the anecdotes so you obviously have to listen to him for all your market signals don and i will just hang out at the extremes and then ledger will will guide you to the promised land no you don't want to do that because i'm i'm making up for being on the wrong uh being too early on the dip buying like waiting for this essentially mean reversion trade i'm making up for it by uh playing altcoin trades to don's point earlier uh looking for high beta which is a terrible idea terrible show me some altcoins guys it's, come on let, oh, let's hear i it. mean I, i'm gonna i if i'm gonna start shilling my shit people are gonna make fun of me again because it's the old same shit again but uh i mean solana is, is one that i've been i actually bought like very close to the bottom on this um it was literally exactly the range that we had had on that little yes. little chart for months. And I was looking at it at like 26 bucks or something. And I was like, nah. <laughs> so, yep. <laughs> we, yeah. So, so like uh, with, with regards to like Solana, right? I, I saw it come into this range um, and I showed the Bitcoin chart for a second there as well. Right. So um, we had this massive breakdown. This was actually 90%, right? This was pretty much almost exactly 90%. Um, so if you talked about Solana being at $20 or 25, just a couple of months back, people would have called you crazy, right? Because I mean, Solana was trading at 200. Now you're talking about $20. That's nuts, right? But it, it happened. So went all the way down there, uh, fucked over pretty much everyone that held it. But then we hit support, right? And at that point, I was like, okay, Bitcoin has to be relatively close um, to where I think it's going to bottom. Now, I was a little bit early on that front, but I bought Solana because I was like, uh, look at 
look at this, right? Look at the, the BTC pair right at support. Uh, we closed there and then we got like massive buying come in and um, that just had me bullish, right? So I was like this holding and showing intraday strength, right? Like this. I saw this candle basically on the BTC pair and I was like, okay, this is going to giga moon. You see these kind of like big reversals while like everything else is going to shit, right? And the difference here between this and that is because this was while everyone was afraid that the market was going to zero. That wasn't the case back here, right? Because like we were all sitting there being like completely like, okay, where is this going to go? And then some giga chat uh, just bought a bunch of Solana, which I think probably like was was someone from ftx or like affiliated or whatever i don't know uh, but i saw this candle i was like okay i need to look for an entry looked at the usd pair uh, saw it dip into the support that we've been talking about for literally months uh, and then i just kept on buying right it dipped into it i bought um i bought a little bit earlier at 29 because that's the top of that support box uh, it dipped further into it i bought more i just kept buying more and more and more um and uh it kept going up so i mean i'm and the thing is like while i was doing that i had at least 15 people dm me about the massive solana liquidation coming in at like what was it 20 dollars or something yeah, while that... and uh, this this kept happening for days on end right while solana btc was putting in these candles right so you see that there's someone defending it right and that someone has a shitload of money um, so I was just like, okay, this is just a bait. Uh, I don't think it's going there. Um, and I think people are just panicky at support, uh, like it usually happens after these kind of crashes. And so I was just like, I was happy to hold it. Uh, it's my biggest altcoin position. Uh, it's bigger than my Bitcoin position, actually. Uh, and I think there's a good chance, like even on a conservative kind of bet, right? We hit support uh, range low. Uh, range high is here, just a double, right? After 90% move down. Like when I say, okay, just a double, people are like, what the fuck is a double? It's like so much. The shit's down 90%. If it goes up twice, right? Like if it doubles, it's still, still going to be up like it's 80% <laughs> down still, right? I'm not talking about this going back to all time high. Um, so I think like 50 is very, very reasonable. The unreasonable bull in me thinks that 80 is possible. Um, but I think 50 is like the, the very reasonable kind of bet. Uh, that was like a brain that long for me uh, or like not long because I just bought it on spot. Uh, but like this was like one of the most clear trades to me that I've seen in crypto in a long time. You uh, know what? Every time we do these little squiggles is inevitably we're basically right. And then it does it way, way faster than we think. Um, because when we first started talking about somewhere in that range it was when it was looking like garbage like as it break broke 100 didn't look like it was going to hold the lows at 80. that's when people were mad at us and then it did something like basically got there the week after but then of course retraced it over another month um the low it actually hit was exactly that that kind of weekly bottom um 25 and I, I agree with you like the chart looks effectively no different if it's at 50 bucks um, yeah and so when something can go from 25 to 50 dollars and look no different in the likelihood of that happening, especially if someone's willing to defend it, seems quite high. Um, it, it's definitely not the. It was de it was showing such uh, independent strength, like before other altcoins. We've seen some stuff follow on since then. Another one that I was staring at at the same time as I was staring at uh, 
Solana was looks. I literally, I saw it at 17 cents. I was like, this is insane because 17 cents, I think was the pre-sale price, which disclosure I did, whatever I have exposure to looks. Um, but I was looking for a trade. It's like, holy crap, things already up a hundred percent off the bottom. The route I ended up going was actually in DeFi land. Um, Craig, you and I were looking at DeFi perp earlier, weren't we? Um, so natural to our, our tendencies, um, you know, we go to wherever is comfortable. Um, so, uh, DeFi stuff, similarly, I was looking at compound, for example, I did not buy compound. I bought Ave and a couple other things, but, uh, compound was down 97% on the dollar basis off the top. Wow. Uh, yeah, it went from like nine fifteen to like $27 or something. Um, DeFi perp, if you count the most recent one, DeFi perp, 87% down. Um, and now up like 30 something percent off the bottom. Um, so I think I, I was looking at these and just kind of amazed uh, at the willingness of them to bounce. The ones that have bounced really, really hard, uh, and there's always some narrative for it, but uh, synthetics is one, went like, 75% a day or something. Apparently there's some kind of on-chain short squeeze. Um, Ave is up from 46 to 61. I think that's about 50% if I can count half straight. Um, so we're seeing this willingness to buy some of these things. Wi-Fi is up from 4,000 to so up 20%, so not that much. Um, but just across the board, it seems like that's where some of the buying willingness is where things were just so wrecked and then there's like inherent strength. Are y'all seeing these like charts about all the fees on top DeFi stuff uh, going around, like the daily fees that are occurring? I haven't actually. It's, it's basically like uh, Uniswap is earning some insane number of millions uh, of dollars per day and Aave, like the top fee earning um, decentralized apps are working as intended, earning tons of fees, essentially, like record volumes and stuff on chain. Uh, Uniswap's up from 3.30 to 4.30. So, I mean, that sounds like nothing, right? Like if you're in it from $25 or something, but a 30% move off the bottom is fairly strong for, for something like that. So this is essentially a follow-on trade to Solana showing the strength that it did. Um, here's synthetics. That was... A, I mean, this was this one actually printed a daily though that was extremely high, but 135% wick to wick. Uh, I doubt anybody actually captured that whole thing. But look at the just volume. If you just tacked on after day one, and then just tremendous volume the day after. And I think this is the type of stuff that I don't want to be in any of it long, but I could imagine some of this having some strength if we also see Bitcoin back at say 28k. To your point, Don. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at this kind of stuff as a big... I could see like a mini old season of sorts where it's just <laughs> all coins go up 2x, 3x, 4x, 5x, and they're still down 80, 70, 60%, right? Like, I'm not calling for new all-time highs. I'm not doing any of that. Uh, I don't want to get people into all coins before this thing rug pulls. Um, I, I don't think it will rug pull. That's why I'm taking my positions, right? And... To the point of, I, I've seen a bunch of people kind of argue, okay, our old coins are going up is bearish, right? And I've kind of made this point before. But the thing is, old coins are down 90%, right? Um, Bitcoin is down 70%. So, like, if 
everything mean reverts, right? If Bitcoin mean reverts to like 28K and the altcoins mean revert the same, altcoins are going to outperform on that mean revert. Uh, so I, I don't like it doesn't make me too bearish. It doesn't really change my view too much that all coins are going up, especially when they're down so much that these kind of moves that I'm talking about aren't really like even noticeable on the higher time frame charts. Um, but yeah, so like I, I, I looked at Solana. Uh, my thesis basically, and this might sound weird, but uh, my thesis is that FTX got out of this entire crash really well. Um, and I mean, FTX kind of like some sort of backing. Uh, I mean, they're, they're kind of backing Solana, right? Um, every, everyone else got like kind of wrecked. Uh, so it's like the entire <laughs> market is wrecked. Everyone's liquidated, right? You want to be in the asset that has people supporting it that still have money instead of the ones that actually have to sell, right? That's the reason why I'm not necessarily in, in DeFi land because uh, I don't know how much free AC still has, but I, I don't know like how like how much exposure there is from other people that got blown up that now have to unwind like all queen positions, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen for Solana, right? I don't think people are just going to like sell it down. Um, and if anything, I think Sam would probably just buy it up, being happy about like getting it cheap or whatever. Uh, so that's like my Solana thesis. And that's the thesis that I have for other old coins as well, right? And the funny thing is like, I've been like pretty bullish for on, on, on Litecoin. Shit's just gigamooned um, up like 63% against Bitcoin. Uh, recovered most of the breakdown that we had um, during during the crash. And it's like a very similar thesis to to Loom Darts, if you guys have read Loom Darts, uh, yeah, which is just basically no one... Litecoin. Yeah, no one, no one owns Litecoin. Um, so there's no one to dump on you, really. And um, it's a kind of like a fuck you to the funds. Um, the, the VCs in crypto because no one owns Litecoin there as well. Um, so it's just kind of pumping something that no one big has any bags. I, I don't mind it too much. I think like with momentum, you can have like a, a nice rally there. And the thing is like, this is up 60%, right? So I'm not telling you to blindly buy it. Uh, but given that Bitcoin went down so so low, uh, the USD pairs are still like, this is barely a bounce, right? Um, the thread though isn't it because it's like all right so buy a coin that has massive backers so that's the basis for solana or yeah. buy a coin that has no backers like the basis for Litecoin. <laughs> yep but don't buy the coin that has weak funds as backers who can't back their coin but instead are going to dump any bounce so exactly being able to navigate those waters is tough um but it, you'll probably end up seeing that in the charts right and um, stuff that has people desperate to exit that need liquidity elsewhere will sell the pumps and stuff that just has absolute turbo chads and good financial position are probably going to be fine. And then stuff that no one cares about anymore are probably going to get pump and dumped. Um, no offense to you or Loom Dart, but that's all that's going to happen with Litecoin in my mind. It's like <laughs> someone's excited about it and creates a narrative for it. And therefore it, you know, gets your, gets the multiples, but like you have no inherent, fundamental value uh, no i mean i'm not bullish on any of this i mean i'm not i'm not the biggest bull on solana either like on the fundamental side of things i i'm like i legitimately when i'm buying old coins i buy them because i see momentum there or i see a narrative that i think can develop um or i see just like a, a good trade uh, it's nothing more than that you're not going to be able to convince me like i'm barely on board with eth right you can barely <laughs> get me saying okay eth is good because that's like that's how far I'm willing to go, right? That's the max already. 
So like given that, you kind of have to take everything that I talk about, like when I talk about altcoins with a grain of salt. But if I, as like an altcoin hater, right, because I think the entire altcoin space is going to zero, uh, start buying this shit and buy it big, right? Um, there has to be a good reason for it, right? Um, now, could I be wrong, obviously, uh, but I, I mean, I'm not going to buy randomly just because I think this is the future or whatever. I, I'm going to buy because I think they're going to go up. Yeah, it's yeah. like the, the, the trader thesis isn't terribly complicated. It's like someone sold at a bad price or and or someone will buy it back at a higher price than I'm buying it. That, that, that kind of covers most of it, right? And you don't need to... If it makes you feel better, you can invent surrounding fundamental narratives to feel more intellectual about it. But from a, just a microstructure point of view, it's really those two things or some combination of them that's more than enough to warrant punting uh, in general. You know, It's not like a prerequisite to, uh, oh, it's down 80%, let me dive into the fundamentals and then buy it type of thing. Uh, if anything, the fundamentals that'll do well or the best kind of next cycle probably don't even exist yet. So this is just the type of thing where I'm buying from people who like are selling but don't want to or eventually price will revert and when, when it reverts on me position for that you know you can talk about it completely agnostic to fundamentals and still have an equally valid case for um punting like it's funny because you and i talked about this don on the solana thing especially it's like the amount of times we've spent talking shit about it on technical roundup right because it was like the network's down and the governance weird and it's down only samani cell program like all the memes uh, and then you can just go from that to buying it straight away as your biggest position i think it's yeah. the same thing i think people are used to on twitter they equate buying with like some surreal amount of conviction a lot of the time whereas i know if this thing tears up completely just like you were mega you know bull posting your positions or whatever else if it hits your targets they're gonna be like okay it can do whatever it wants i don't give a shit and that might be surprising to some people like how do you go from being you know what seems like such high conviction to, I don't care anymore. It was like, well, because I'm a trader, like it did what it was supposed to do. I no longer have an edge, and that's that's the end of that. And I think that's a common thread, at least among all three of us, that for the time being, until proven otherwise, yada yada, uh, we're still very much in a reversionary environment. Like I can screen share something quickly to kind of prove that point, not even prove that point, but just to uh, overlay some stuff. So historical kind of higher time frame trend proxies. Uh, you have this cluster of, and we've talked about this for a while, Ledger as well, the moving average memes, right? The 21 weekly, the 50 weekly, the 200 daily, they're generally used as like a trend proxy or like medium, medium term trend proxy as to are you in an uptrend or are, you in a down, are we in a downtrend? Uh, and that's one of the reasons I didn't get back into the market on the rally from kind of the range low 30s back into 40s. Well, first of all, because it missed my buy orders and I was tilted. Uh, so that's one of them. I wanted to buy this range low the first time around and as you can see it actually missed all of my orders so i, I wasn't on board that move uh, and so how do i get on board that move if it missed support well look if it proves to me that there's kind of evidence of a new secular trend or whatever else it would be technically visible because this is kind of a, a high time frame range midpoint as well but also all your kind of reversion clusters line up there as uh, at the same time and it just hit that and completely melted down that's the lunar buying doquan yada yada all that type of stuff uh, as far as mean reversion goes, if you're talking of like a new secular trend, uh, I mean, obviously these moving averages will move with price in general, but just eye test as to where they are right now, it's like, what, 40 to like low to mid 40s, roughly, 
in order to make a decent case for a new midterm trend that even then market structure would still look busted and so on and so forth. But this is like a very conservative, like purely technically speaking, reversion target. So if it seems like super unreasonable for, you know, Don or me, if I long this 200 week or whatever, to target like 30K, technically speaking, that's even quite conservative because that's basically front running where a quote unquote healthy mean reversion uh, environment would would take price. Right. So um, I agree. There's been a lot of criticism that, you know, your targets are like super high or it's unrealistic for price to like double on some of these altcoins that are down 90 percent. But if you just take a look at where these useful tools fall on the chart. Um, it, 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 there's nothing too crazy going on. Like the displacements that would have to take place to even reach like bearish retest levels, uh, that's a big move. And that just speaks to how depressed prices are. But I, I do like keeping these on my chart, ideally without any type of technical lines or whatever else, like SR, uh, just so I can get an idea of where, you know, where does reversion more or less line up and how depressed or extended are we relative to those reversion levels I, I think it's a cool kind of I, I to be honest i would just have a separate chart template where you have it as you like call it trend or something and slap on these three these four the exact combination doesn't matter it'll just more or less give you the same information just so you can kind of see where price is relative to higher time frame trend uh, and that will kind of help you be a bit more open-minded or give you context that you don't ordinarily see so that might be an exercise worth worth doing i'm gonna go ahead and make everyone hate me because uh, this is just, it was my, I was having that like brain revelation meme thing going here because this reminded me so much of a conversation we've all, the three of us have had before uh, about a year ago when uh, y'all actually had me on your other podcast. Cause I was again talking um, DeFi mean reversion. If y'all recall the comp compound um, it's move off its all time high from 900 to the capitulation to 200 and it wasn't to say we were so bullish compound fundamentals long-term, but positive mean reversion. And we played that trade. And then I had this realization that, wait a second, it's basically the anniversary of that. It was June, uh, 2021. We're talking about essentially doing the same thing on repeat, except for probably not to do so in the, uh, the same way as last time and the make a new all time high on the so-called complacency bounce. And then I had an additional revelation that, um, guys, tomorrow's the summer solstice, so please call Marin. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point we're at now. Three seats out of the market. We have to go to horoscopes and astrology to, to rescue I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm just saying it was exactly it was exactly the same time of year last year. Uh, it's it's the summer solstice mean reversion bounce. That's all there is to it. That's I mean, as far as memes go, like if you look back on your crypto investing career or whatever, and there's a huge bias at play here because crypto cycles are both so violent and so quick. Like in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, if you're going to be investing for most slash much of your life, and I know making it, whatever that means, is super romanticized that you just like make a shit ton of money and then never think about markets again. I don't know anyone who's done that really. And I think most people still just love the game at a certain point uh, or just change their targets or do whatever else. Like in the grand scheme of things, like two, three, four, five years is, is absolutely nothing in your investing career. Whereas in crypto, that's enough to change the landscape twice all over. But I think in general, if you can look back on 2022 or whatever and say, I was liquid and I had buying power or whatever, and I was able to make bets in the same year that Celsius blew up, 3AC got liquidated, macro, war, contagion, inflation, etc., you're probably going to be all right. 
right? And the rest is kind of just details where everyone's wrestling for a better entry. 1,400, 1,200, 800, 400, 600, whatever. If all of us or those, the people making those bets are right about crypto in general, which means multi-cycle, new all-time highs, etc. You know, if ETH goes to like, you know, when ETH smashes 4,000 and goes to like five or six, whatever it may be, in whatever time frame that might take, you probably won't be too worried which hundred or which thousand or what 10, 20% difference you had exposure to on BTC, ETH or whatever it may be, right? So I know this is like a very trader oriented show for good reason. I think the week to week commentary is helpful. That's kind of why I wrote that Discord note that I wrote and tweeted out earlier. It's because having a sense of perspective in that regard is super helpful, um, at least to me, it keeps me grounded and keeps me lazy, I guess, if you want to be critical. And also, as much as I love to hate it, the seasonality of crypto is one of the most true things that I've ever seen. Um, the market topping at the end of years. I think there's very specific reasons why a lot of that happens. I don't know so much about summer solstice stuff, although it just blew my mind a minute ago. <laughs> I was having deja vu on this uh, something can double up and still suck conversation. And it's just incredible to me that the seasonality of the space does tend to to play out over and over again. Um, I mean, that's why the meme selling may go away continues to, to ring true. Um, 33K by July, maybe? 33K by July. Wow. I would enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many memes. Like, I love, that's why I love crypto. The memes are everywhere and you've got so many people looking out for them. Like, um, the one floating about today that I quite enjoyed. Did you see this ProShares ETF thing? Oh, where they man. launched their Bitcoin ETF at like the top. And I think today or this week, they launched their yeah. short ETF. <laughs> when, so they launched the long ETF at like 60 something. And then the short one comes out at uh, 20K. It's, you know, the world is beautiful. It really is. Yeah. I mean, here, I've, I've got to move it in my chart because our heads are in the way, which is when you always know it's a good chart, as we've talked about many times. Look at the weekly gap downs on uh, on Bitcoin, though. But they're, yeah, their short ETF went live at 44. It's now at 12. Uh, I'm sorry, their long ETF. So now they're opening the short ETF and you know retail's going to pile into that because they're like, ah, yeah, crypto's dead. I'm going to finally make some money. You know, just, you know, buy the short ETF. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. And the funny thing is, right, this is something that I notice in every single conversation I have with anyone, like not just you guys, not just with like anyone in my comments, with everyone, right, is that we all, like everyone um, is talking about upside targets of, 30k 40k right i have not heard anyone talk about all-time high in months now right um and that's kind of funny because the thing is like that always happens every single bear market it happens that like the targets get like the targets just get into like this mean reversion thing where everyone just keeps talking about like okay even if they're bullish right even if they dare to be bullish because you get absolutely shit thrown at you if you're bullish right during bear markets but even if you're bullish, uh, the maximum that you're comfortable with saying is you're targeting mean reversion, which is 20% up or something, right? But the thing is, there is going to be, be a time where this thing bottoms, right? And um, it's going to be really, really easy to be like, okay, let me just take the mean reversion trade and then be completely offside for everything after, right? And that's why so many people that just invest in this space actually outperform the people that trade it because you kind of lose track of why you're in the space in the first place. And I feel like that's going on 
quite hard right now where people are just like, yeah, I'm just in it for like a few percent here and there instead of like, okay, I bought into crypto because I think it can change something or whatever. I'm not one of these guys, right? I'm not, I'm in crypto to make money, but it's like, it's always interesting for me to kind of see the change in perception where people can't even like imagine Bitcoin going back to all time high anymore. And all we talk about is like 30K and we're trading at 20 and this is Bitcoin. If something that went from 3k to 60k and then almost 70k in no time like it's just kind of mind-boggling to me and it's something that i feel like people just lose track of and then they get really really offended when you even like make that case because it's like i i feel like that's at some point you kind of have to if you're an investor right and i know that a lot of people that are watching this are investors in the space at some point you kind of have to be like okay even if this goes to like 10k or 8k i want to have a piece of this for the long term right um and the traders including us are probably going to tell you just target like a mean reversion target this and target that um but at some point you kind of have to if you're an investor you have to buy and you have to hold and uh have some balls basically is what i'm saying yeah i mean no, you're you're totally right. I think they won't call for all time high until it's 40k, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is the place where it's probably best to start risking off. So call for uh, the all time high at the mean reversion, right? That that's the trick. Yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, we're talking overshooting, maybe being 28k, but like the the most crypto thing to do is just 40 or 50k overshoot instead, you know, um, but still be bearish. I think we we did that before. I mean, I remember talking to you guys back here when it was like. I mean, everybody has to sell at 6K, right? Like, that's what we were talking about. Everybody has to sell at 6K. There's no way anybody's going to hold into that. And we blasted through it in minutes. I mean, it was unbelievable. I, if anyone listening remembers that move, if you don't, it was stunning the way that it happened. I mean, just we went from 6K to 7.5 or something and it felt like an hour. Um, and... I think if we go through this multi-year period, if it's not doom and gloom forever, if the economy is not totally, totally dead, if inflation has topped or something like that, demand does start to come back. You can imagine this two-year repair scenario. Um, I, yeah, I, I like what you're, what both y'all are saying. I think that this this is not consensus by any means. <laughs> Just a couple years of sideways normalcy. You know, like we're pricing. Well, I think feel like we're trying to price in like incredible outliers yeah i remember hasaka rescued me from that 6k move actually uh because it got to like 6.4 6.8 and i was like well i don't know maybe this is the wick and he just called me an idiot and said this is the reclaim just buy it and i did and it worked really well uh so shout out hasaka but also it speaks to the broader point like that's a fantastic example of um if you're gonna trade the you know quote unquote confirmation side of things like do it properly and do it with size and the upside is like yeah you might feel bad buying 6k if you have a recency bias because prices basically doubled from the bottom and you didn't buy it and you probably feel sick and you feel guilty and you want to kick yourself for it but i would be willing to wager the people who bought the 6k reclaim had a much easier time holding those trades and you know sizing their bets accordingly than someone who was holding the first 3k bottom for months saw it double you know you're probably a seller there right Whereas someone who bought the 6K reclaim, they've got all their mental capital, their actual capital. They can size it properly because there's higher conviction and less fear of the bottom falling out. And then the market uh, reacted accordingly and gave you a much, much easier ride.
So that's also something worth bearing in mind as far as bottom fishing goes. You don't even have to do it. I, you know, I've, I've spoken about this enough, but like there, there's no prerequisite to do well in crypto to buy the bottoms. And historically, at least cycle to cycle or whatever else, um, no one's kind of bull market, you know, flex or the trade most responsible for the, the largest portion of their PL. Uh, and the upcycle is buying the BTC and ETH bottom. It's always the stuff that comes after the altcoins, the projects, the new quote-unquote innovations, same Ponzi's rebranded. Uh, those are the things which uh, make, you know, make a quarter, make a year, make a cycle, more so than kind of arbitrarily buying when the selling stops. And even if you buy when the selling stops, the markets can continue to suck uh, both from a trading point of view and also just your mental capital and motivation, whatever else, for quite some time before you get the type of move you're looking for. Um, so also just something worth bearing in mind. Yeah, I was totally mind blown when that happened. And then I also remember when we were just turbo pumping, went all the way to 14K. Somewhere in there, I was just shocked. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me, but like we can't discount the fact that we go to all-time high. It was basically the top, you know, <laughs> for another year. Because uh, markets do need time to repair uh, most of the time, unless you look at oil going from negative to infinity. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's incredible what a, what a market can do sometimes. And I'm, I'm squiggling again, but I could totally imagine <laughs> overshooting higher than any of us have talked about today. Um, these kind of 36 to 46-ish, 36, 48, somewhere in there would be, I don't I don't think very many people in the market right now would expect a upside that high. Yeah. And I think the, the funny thing is like the, the meme was when an inflation hedge, right? In crypto, that was the meme. And now it's like, if inflation keeps on going, we're not going there. Um, which I mean, I I don't necessarily disagree with, but it's it's interesting how the narratives kind of change and morph while like they're just basically responding to price, right? The narratives are made by price. So if price are going to is, is going to go up here, you're going to have a somewhat decent narrative for it. The moment it hits like 25, 28k, like whatever, an inflation hedge, or you can make shit up, and it's probably going to stick for a while, and then people are going to buy into that narrative. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just. In general, looking at this market, I feel like we are overdue for bounce. Uh, I'm positioned accordingly. I think it makes sense on on this occasion. Someone in the chat said I bought like haha, but don't bought 30k already. Yeah, I mean I bought 30k and sold 30k and it went down. And I bought 22k. We're now trading at 20k. Um, so it's like it's not like I'm the biggest genius in the room. Um, the the just, chat the chat doesn't have the advantage of our seeing our mentions as much as we do. Um, but that's another like ready for a bounce indicator. I don't know if y'all noticed yes. that, but oh, like terrible. the sentiment went from being mad at you if you ever say anything bear, uh, anything bearish to being very mad at you if you ever say anything bullish. Um, at least in my mentions, that it's happened. just amazing how that social media machine works, right? When the market's up and you're bearish, you have to be so cryptic, like maybe consider taking some profit for taxes, possibly potentially in a parallel universe and people still get mad at you. Whereas when it's down like 80% and you're like, hey, I like the coins, it's like you idiot, you're so irresponsible, you have a duty of care to your followers, this other stuff, it's like, come on, spare me, spare me this stuff. Oh, that that's the most stupid argument anyway, right? Because we're all trading this shit, right? So the duty of care to your followers you should have had at 60, 70K, not at 20K, right? At that point, you'd be irresponsible to tell people to short the bottom or to short near the bottom or to short something that they in general like, right? I feel like that argument is just such a stupid one. It's terrible. Because, yeah, it, it just grinds my gears so much because like that 
yeah, I don't know. It's just every time that happens, that argument comes out, right? Uh, it's usually near at least short-term bottoms, just how it is. Also, context really matters, just like as a quick final thing, I guess, is that especially if you de-risked higher or you took profit higher, there's a difference of someone you know who's buying 20K having held from 60K both BTC and ETH and a bunch of altcoins, and they tried the same at 50, 40, 30, 20, etc. Like, yeah, maybe, you know, that's a slightly different picture. Whereas like, you know, taking my case or Don's case, and I know Ledger was taking profit up there as well. If, you're co if you've exited the market or like you took significant chunks off or you survived or you did well at much higher prices, someone who's been buying the entire way down and has had their capital eroded and they're wrecked, buying 20K is not exactly the same as someone who's who can basically rebuy their coins for a third at like a completely different cost basis, right? Your buying power is different. Your mental capital is also different. And just the circumstances around it are different. And your kind of room for wreckedness is far less given you've afforded yourself that cushion while the times were higher. So, you know, don't assume that um, someone's been getting wrecked the entire way down. And they're just like trying again, because a lot of the time it, it, it's not like super representative of what's going on. And that's why kind of good entries can matter because they give you that mental bandwidth. Uh, and also just having a bigger cushion matters because you can basically take more risk or stomach more volatility because you've afforded yourself that runway by, I guess, being smart when number go up. Yeah, as much as I've uh, memed myself into, you know, buying zips or trading it incorrectly, like I took significant parts of my net worth out of the market entirely. Uh, to just diversify into other things, kind of take care of the bag type of stuff. Um, and even still, um, if I'm sure people can remember my cringy hear ye pleb, Bitcoin will have it still. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's so like, good. When I was doing that, I was literally trying to get as much Bitcoin as possible for a dominance trade. And um, I was doing the math recently, and I'm able to buy more Bitcoin now, even after taking money out of the market, than I could have done so then. You know, so... Um, it, to your point, I think it's just perspectives are very important. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think you, people are going to want to roast you at all times, no matter what. So it, <laughs> yes, but you got to look at these things and figure like, is this a worthy place for you to take a trade? How would you feel if you didn't take the trade and you know, some of the things that we've talked about come true or whatever. You gotta, you gotta find where it fits for you and your situation in terms of whether to take a risk or not in a particular scenario. But certainly your, your reward potential is much stronger here than it was when we were <laughs> breaking down, you know? Yeah. I, I actually want to say something to this and Cred actually made a really good point. Like I think we talked about last week or something um, on, on the show that, he and I have um, about like there's a few levels on this chart that you can actually buy before it goes to zero, right? <laughs> like high time frame wise, like legitimately, there's a few levels, and I would say these are the these are the ones that really matter, right? So you have 20k, which is obvious, the cycle high um, of 2017, right? That's one of them. Um, then you have like 12 to 14k, depending on the time frame. Let's say it's 12. And then you have 6K and then you have zero, right? Anything beyond 6K, I think I, I don't really see a reason for, for Bitcoin to come back up again. Uh, 12 to 14K, I mean, I could see us bounce again, but like imagine, and this is something that you just said really well, uh, would you be able, like if this was the bottom, right? 
and I, I don't know if it was or if it isn't or blah, blah, blah. But if this is the bottom, right, at 20K, would you be able to kind of look at yourself in the mirror being like, I did not buy this because I was waiting for this? I could not. Like, if this goes and comes back up, ranges here, and then actually at some point goes back to 70, 80K, <laughs> years down the line, could I live with myself not buying this more than obvious support level? No. Oh, could man. I live with myself... If this broke down and I got out and bought 12 to 14K again, I mean, yeah, I can live with that. That doesn't sound too bad. I mean, I'm going to take a massive L here. Um, I'm going to buy 12 to 14K and then pray to fucking God that we don't go to zero, right? Because that's the only real level left. So for me, it just kind of makes sense at some point, right? When you have these kind of levels where it's like, okay, this is either bouncing here or it's going to like the last level before it reaches zero. I'm going to try all of these levels, right? I'm going to buy 20K. I'm going to buy 12 to 14K. Uh, I try to buy 6K, but honestly, I if it goes back to 6K, I'd sell the bounce and just walk away. Um, I, 6K legitimately has failed experiment vibes to me. Yes. <laughs> well, 12 to 14, Cred and I were talking uh, earlier, it's like 10 to 14. It's like, what the hell is the difference? You know, it's like, you could be down 40% from 14, but at that point, you're, you're YOLOing your last your last chips, you know? Yeah, it's like uh, the existential long. Like if crypto is not a failed experiment and we haven't wasted five years of our life, like this this bet makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah I, even then, I have not even considered like, okay, you didn't buy 20K, you're sitting there wondering, I'm going to buy 14K all the way up. I was not even accounting for price expiration, right? Like Bitcoin starts doing well in, in an economy where people start caring about hard money or whatever narratives we're going to form as the uh, as the price changes like you said don that we will do uh, as price changes we will change our narratives and and then you you are at 100k you didn't buy 20k how are you feeling that freaks me out um but great yeah. you made him fomo good job don <laughs> sorry <laughs> buy, buy my bags dude <laughs> no but I, I don't want to make people FOMO, of course, right? It's just for me, like, if there's if there's two trades I can take on a higher time frame basis, right? Uh, I'm going to take those trades. There's not that many higher time frame trades left on this chart to the downside. And I'm willing to take those trades just as a trader, right? Uh, macro, obviously, still shit. I'm not saying that has changed, all that kind of stuff. I don't want to get into that discussion. I just know, like, those are the only two levels that I'm very comfortable with buying. Um so I'm going to take a loss if it goes below uh, and buy and try it again lower. Uh, One I final roll of the dice, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the final roll of the dice. Like 12K is the final roll of the dice. And I feel like I've earned myself um, that, that like being that forward by selling 60K. Um, if you disagree, I mean, it's my money that I'm betting, not yours. So <laughs> whatever. I don't care. DY. That's kind of my... Yeah. The biggest bottom signal is crypto Twitter retweeting Peter Schiff unironically. Uh, <laughs> shout out Kobe. Uh, Kobe, it was not specifically like um, anti-Bitcoin stuff, but it was with the Bashinsky guy from Celsius and Peter Schiff just absolutely owning the dude. Um, yeah, there's so many things you can look at. And I agree, like some uh, JMO in the chat saying macros is scary. Um, it is scary, but you... I don't know. We don't know if this is the bottom or not, but it can be a bottom. <laughs> Anything else you want to sign off with? No, I think we covered it mostly. Um, 
I, yeah, I, I still want to yeah. see some type of setup form for me. I've just found when markets get really stupid and crazy, in general, my type of trading style is I will make far less money than everyone on the way up, but I will keep far more of it as the market goes down. And that's just been a consistent type of thing. And <laughs> yeah, well, it only works if I trade my setups. And for me, that requires at least daily time frame, ideally weekly time frame strength. Um, if that, you know, especially in a one-sided trend like this, I think the 200 week moving average is like a good meme, especially because it aligns with really psychological levels like 1K ETH, you know, round number, 20K BTC round number. We've seen a lot of uh, urgency just in general in the ecosystem from a selling point of view. If that gets reclaimed, at the very least, I'm expecting a counter trend squeeze. And I'll basically tell Don to buy for me or something. So I'm like away from all my stuff, although I should be able to get access. So some type of like this is the week or, you know, the next one to three weeks or whatever. If I'm going to get a kind of even counter trend risk on signal, I, I'm very much focused on it because th there's a chance that we've overshot the downside mean reversion target, and then you kind of mean revert in the other direction. So weekly reclaim of those meme levels would be really good for me. Uh, that would be pumpable. Otherwise, you know, if it goes up and doesn't let me on board, fine. I'm not in any rush. If it nukes and gets very cheap, as Don said, there are only one or two other spots where you take existential crypto punts, and you you kind of owe yourself that if you believe in the space. Awesome, Don. I don't think there's anything more to add, honestly. We talked about plenty. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to just, I'm going to stick with my positions. I mean, I, I also bought a bunch of NFTs, but that's more for fun. Like, don't read too much into it. Um, yeah, I but think the if, you, if the chat's here, you can change your profile picture to Don's board ape. Oh, sure. yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. If you've, if you've wanted an ape uh, profile picture for whatever reason. Uh, you can take mine. I don't mind. Can I go to the party in New York with your ape, Don? Yes, you can. I don't know how it works, but I mean, if it does work, please, please go ahead. So your timing uh, is phenomenal because as soon as you bought, this new YouTube documentary dropped, dropped about how Bored Ape Yacht Club is this Nazi <laughs> kind of thing. So, oh, come uh, on. I'm sure you're really grateful for that. Yeah, I, I, I mean... Any publicity is good publicity, right? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that how it works? <laughs> um, yeah, <they're> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with the NFT stuff, I mean, don't read too much into it. I spent a couple, I think at this point, it's a couple hundred ETH on like some some stuff in the space just because I bought like, I bought the, the board Ape, I bought a bunch of doodles, I bought a bunch of uh, motherfuckers or whatever they're called, MFs. <laughs> um and i have a bunch more like on a, on a private wallet um but it's like it's more because i had e flying around and i felt like i wanted to have some fun while while it's also stressful buying so yeah love it all right thanks so much everybody appreciate everyone joining us be sure to go to weeklyopen.com you can catch the replays and you can also go to weeklyopen.com slash ftx and you can trade there today go directly from one asset to the other on ftx and uh appreciate the everybody partners appreciate you for being here we'll catch you on the next episode weeklyopen.com slash ftx Talk to you later. Bye-bye.